It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I love 40s. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 610 of Locked on Raptors for uh, Saturday, November 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network, where we've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got all 32 NFL teams covered as well. About 27 or 28 NHL teams have shows. Uh, no shortage of stuff for you to check out. So, please, if you find a show that you want to support, please... Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated. All right. On today's show, we're doing a special Saturday dispatch of the podcast. Not really going to talk about the Raptors, but there was some news that dropped this morning, courtesy of Woj and Zach Lowe, that the league is very seriously considering changes to the schedule and the playoff format, as well as instituting an in-season tournament. And people who listen to this show know that I'm very pro that idea. hasn't come up very often, but I've definitely talked about it before. I think it would be awesome. And one of the only people who's wise to how good this would be is joining me on today's podcast. It's some guy who does something for USA Today. It's Eric Gunderson. Eric, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm excited. You know, initially, I got to say, like four or five years ago when this idea first came out, um, I wasn't that into it. But mm-hmm. now uh, I'm way into it. I'm like, I totally see the vision, especially with the narrative of load management taking over so much of the discourse. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would be thrilled to have some of that replaced by a random cup where and it's like, I mean, the other thing is, like, this tournament, according to the proposal, according to Woj and Zach Lowe's story, is the first round of this tournament would be regular season games anyway. So they yeah. would just be regular games that just carry a little bit more significance. Yeah, so yeah, we should probably get into sort of the details of the proposal. So in addition to the in-season tournament, which is the main thing we're going to talk about today because it's the coolest thing that they're proposing, um, there is talk of reseeding the conference finals, which to me feels like kind of a half-baked way to appease the conference abolitionists um, that that I don't really know Uh if it makes that much sense. Uh, There's also talk of trimming back the regular season to 78 games uh, with some room for teams to play a few extra games tournament-related, I guess. Uh, with like the maxi play being 83, I think. And then there's talk of a 
postseason or a postseason play-in tournament essentially uh, for the seven through ten seeds in each conference, uh, where it's like seven versus eight, nine versus ten, and then the winner of seven versus eight gets the seven seed, and then the winner of the nine versus ten plays the loser of seven against eight uh, for the last playoff spot. Um, I guess we can talk about that quickly before we get to the tournament thing. Do you like that idea, Eric? I'm, I, I am into that idea, um, um, especially in a situation where, like, you know, look at the Western Conference right now. Like, I mean, most, you know, you could get, you could convince yourself, like, hey, there's, you know, is Minnesota or Phoenix going to be there? But they're, like, having a really good year, you know, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like sometimes there are really good teams, especially out in the West, that just don't get into the playoffs, even though they're really good. And, like, I think it'd be cool for them to have, like, a knockout round shot against, like, a 7 or 8. And I don't think a 7 or 8 seed has earned the right to be, like, okay, we're, like, definitely going to be in the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I I, I do think that it also adds even more incentive to be a top seed for a regular season team because you could end up playing the 10 seed in your conference. Like, and that has a lot of value for the later rounds. I I don't agree that it uh, would cheapen the regular season as some people uh, think it might. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it would cheapen the regular season. I think for me, the reason I don't love it is that it would essentially just be a a play-in for who gets the two dates of home court revenue from the playoffs and... Like just it's just for the right to get waxed by the top two teams anyway, so I don't think it really changes all that much. Like I don't think a ten seed getting in is going to make the first round any more compelling. In some cases, it might make it actively less compelling. Um, and so that's my first yeah. concern with it. But I maybe also you have sorry. Where teams have, right? Yeah, I, I, I got you. Yeah, um, I also am concerned that having the ten and nine seeds have a chance to be in the playoffs and get those home revenues uh, from the first two games of the playoffs that they host, like. I do fear that might kind of kill the trade deadline a little bit because there will be teams in like 11, 12, 13th spot thinking, man, we care. we're just like a knockout game away and like a few games in the standings away from potentially getting home playoff revenue, and that's a good thing. We're not going to trade away our vets because uh, we have this shot. And I kind of worry that like the sellers list will go from small to almost non-existent outside of like the bottom teams in each conference where there's no chance. Um, does that worry you at all? No, I, I you know I don't think so. I, I I really think with the player movement and how scared all these teams are about guys leaving at all times, I I, I don't really think that uh, that's going to make them any less like I don't know scared of that. Like I I, I feel like teams are being a little bit more um, they have to be more shrewd now with guys. I think mm-hmm. because they're being more shrewd with them, and so like I don't know. I I, I don't really see that. Uh, changing that much um I, I also think too it you know really it's going to make the call for you i don't know it, to me i don't know if it's going to affect the trade deadline um that much i am interested though um back to the in-season tournament thing yeah um this this has to mean that they're gonna like put like maybe 19 players on a roster maybe like they, they've got to have some more players yeah for this thing i mean because like uh, and I think it would be really cool. Like, I, I just, I think it would be so cool to just have this tournament. Like, it would make division games matter more mm-hmm. because the division system has been like, we've already been like, all right, screw divisions. But now this is a way for them to matter other than playing four times a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's cool. It, it's already, you're taking advantage of the structure that's already there to make something more interesting. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm ready to spend the rest of the podcast talking about the tournament because it is the thing that interests me most about all of this. Um, you know, I've sort of thought about how this could work in the past, and I know there was some uh, talk about having sort of the Final Four take place over All-Star Weekend and replace the All-Star Game. I liked that idea, but I think I like this idea better. So basically, what if you're not familiar, what they're detailing is, yeah, like the first portion of the tournament is like a, a group stage, essentially, where you play within your division for the chance to move on to the knockout rounds, and they got double as regular season games. So there'd just be like sort of these marquee games dotted throughout the first part of the season that matter more than a typical mid-November or early December game would, which I think is a good thing. Um, as you get out of the sort of the, the honeymoon phase of the first month of the season, you get into the dog days a little bit. I think this is a good way to juice it up a little bit, sort of create interest going into Christmas and stuff like that, uh, when really you're about to sort of hit the ground running with, with the league calendar, right? And so... I like that. I like the idea of spreading it out over the course of the season as opposed to doing it all sort of in succession and sort of taking away the all-star break from guys um, when they very much need that. And, this, and, and, and it sort of runs counter, I guess, to the whole load management and keeping guys healthy thing if you're taking away their biggest break of the season. Um, so I'm cool with this being what they do instead of that. Uh, also... The uh, like the they go into knockout for the quarters. I guess is when they start knockout games. Is that what the idea is? Like the final four rounds or final like eight teams? I guess would be quarters. Is that the idea here? It looks like it's, it's, yeah. so six divisional winners will yeah. be based on the home and road records in the group stage, and then the two teams with the best next best records would advance to a single elimination. So it would be eight teams. Okay. So yeah, that would be, and then there would be a quarterfinal semi-final and final and i think that would just be at all the knockout single elimination so yeah so you just have those games you know kind of spread out and then then you just have like one weekend or something where you be like okay we're gonna play the whatever not the larry o'brien you know like they'll, they'll name it after like bill russell or that's the finals mvp who are they gonna name it after that's i don't know question kaiser permanente uh <laughs> So oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whatever company or, 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 wants to... Like, yeah. that MGM. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, some sports book. Yeah. The Caesars Palace, the Caesars Palace you know, tournament champions. Yeah, the Manscaped uh, <laughs> NBA Cup or something like that. Oh, the Manscaped, yeah. the, the Hymns NBA Cup. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be something that a sponsor pays a lot of money for, and that will be one of the ways they generate revenue from this thing, uh, yeah, I would assume. Exactly. And so, but yeah, like, the also the idea, I think all the knockout games take place in, like, January, which is one of the most boring months of the season, uh, before all the trade deadline stuff really kicks up. And on the topic of the trade deadline, the reason I like the way that this all sort of comes to an end before trade season is that teams won't be dissuaded. Like, say they were to have the finals in, like, March or whatever, teams would be scared of trading, I would assume, because they, you know, want to be part of the tournament and want to get whatever benefits come from it, and we can get to that in a second. But, like, if it all culminates in mid-January, you kind of have a last hurrah with your vets before you trade them off. Maybe you boost their value a little bit uh, before going into the deadline, and then you just sort of continue on your season. Like, 
I don't really see many drawbacks to any of this. Like, if you're looking at it, is there something to you that concerns you about this idea, or is it mostly just positives? Uh, I mean, okay, the one thing that I would say that I, this goes back to, I think they've got to, you know, open up the rosters, and if they can make more money off of this, that will make that easier. But is it's just the fact that some teams could end up playing any three games yeah. before you get to the postseason. Yeah. So, like... If you're having a really, it, it could almost be. I mean, I, I you know, I, I I loosely follow soccer, but like you know, it's a thing sometimes when like a team has a really good run in the Champions League that they don't do very well in their league play. Yeah, and so it's like it's going to be really interesting to see um, how teams approach that because obviously championships are still going to be the goal, but um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they balance it. And I think that would create more opportunities for different guys to play and I think for teams that have like a lot of development projects mm-hmm. you know like thinking about like Bruno back in the day or something like <laughs> no seriously like it, you just get to throw them into this like game that like all of a sudden has stakes in January mm-hmm. and like it's just different you get to see what you can see what certain guys are made of in like a different setting I, I mean like I think it's cool like I, I, I think and like it, talking about as you said the dog days of the season like Nobody remembers January basketball ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like this is an opportunity to do that. I'm with you on that for sure, and, and I like the idea. You know, I think some of the pushback has been like, "Oh, well, the star players from the best teams won't play." I think you know, the, I guess the biggest thing is people are suggesting that no one will care about this tournament. And that's why the star players won't play, and like it'll, it'll be manufactured. Um, like stakes, but you can very easily make this something that people will care about. You can you can tie financial incentives and bonuses to it for sure. Like if you're making a ton of money off of it because the games are more interesting and because maybe they have like a neutral site or something for the for the knockout games or something in time, uh, and they can drive yeah, they revenue play from in that. Vegas or something. Yeah, like, those like go to Vegas. Like the, the, how perfect would that be? Like they just go to Vegas. Like, yeah. Like it'd be like summer league in the winter. Yeah. And, like everyone goes and. You know, it, it would be like a whole event. Like, I think it's great. Like, the NBA is already a year-round sport anyway. Why not make, like, one of the most boring times of the year cool? Yeah. Um, and on that note, like, in terms of, you know, teams not caring about it, maybe, you know, even if teams do want to win it, maybe, say, the Lakers or the Clippers won't play their best players in the in the sort of lead up to it in, in the in the divisional round games but at the same time if it's in those if it's also regular season games like you're not trying to manufacture stakes there like it's the same as a regular season game that those guys are playing in anyway mm-hmm. you, it'll be even more meaningful than just a regular January Wednesday regular season game if that's what it ends up being right so you're like making those games matter more you're sort of it's going to be sort of just it'll be inherent that those guys are going to play in the group stage games anyway because they would be playing no matter what barring load management or injury regardless and then when you get to the knockout rounds like i'm sorry these guys are nba players they're insanely competitive i don't think you're going to put them into a knockout round game and they're going to be like no i don't really care about this this is fine and even if that does happen and the guys on teams that have title aspirations don't take it as seriously you open up the door for guys on less heralded teams who have no shot in hell of winning the title having crazy runs. Like, imagine, like, Devin Booker going on some crazy tournament run where he averages 45 a game. That'll change how we think of Devin Booker. Like, that's that's cool to me, and it gives, I think, the NBA something that they haven't really had recently where it's been all, like, 
You're going to make Brian Windhorst talk about not the Lakers on his podcast for once, and that will be cool, and you'll put yeah. different guys on yeah. a platform, and you'll make it so, you know, the, the ratings the ratings that have been hurt by only focusing on the coastal teams that people love, like, you're going to give yeah. a spotlight to the Carl Anthony Townses and the Devin Bookers of the world who maybe don't get that love. Yeah, like, imagine, like, a final between, like, I don't know, like, Minnesota, you got, like, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, like, you know, have Wiggins having, like, the bounce back season. Like, imagine this year, like, that group mm-hmm. against, like, against Miami yeah. in the play. Like, how, like, like balls to the wall would that series be Jimmy Butler against Minnesota in, like, a single <laughs> elimination game? Like, you don't get that in the playoffs. You're not going to get that really. And it, you wouldn't even get that in the regular season because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's just a regular season game. But all of a sudden you put stakes on it and you're telling me, like, I get to watch Jimmy Butler against Minnesota in a big game. Like, that would be tight. Like, like or like, I don't know. Like, it, I, to me, it would be so cool because then you could also, like, there would be rivalries created from, like, those moments. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's like uh, – a small sample size can be fun sometimes. And, like, you know, like, I think it would be cool to have just, like, a random game. Like, who knows? Like, you know, someone, you know, beats the Lakers or something. And the Lakers are in the tournament. And, you know, God knows who. You know, Jakar Sampson has an out-of-body like, experience for the Pacers. And, like, and, yes, and then, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah Jakar, Jakar, exactly. Like, Jakar Sampson beats, <laughs> like, has a block on LeBron at the end of the game. <laughs> and, the, and the Pacers move on. Like, that would be cool. Like, and we'd be talking about basketball. Yeah. Which is like everyone's number one complaint is that we're not talking about, you know, the number one complaint for a lot of people because of Jeff Van Gundy doesn't, you know, talk enough about how good the game is. Like, there's very few commentators that talk about how good the game is and how interesting it is. Like, all of a sudden, you put stakes on these games. Everyone's going to be breaking it down, wanting to know what happened, you know, like trying to project what's going to happen, you know, for the next game. Like, I think it's it's super fascinating, and it would, like, it's already getting, like, I mean, it's just, like, it's just so different. I mean, like, I mean, I've been doing, I don't, you know, I don't know how long you've been covering the NBA, like, I've been doing this for eight years now, like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to change it up a little bit. Like, it'd be fun. Like, it, you know, it's just, like, you get into this rhythm, and it's, like, ah, oh, man, and it's just, like, the load of management stuff really is what, <laughs> is really what tipped me over the edge. It's just, like, I'm sick of hearing it. Like, it's gonna be there, it's gonna happen. It's going to exist forever, like, in, for, for certain guys. Yeah. But, like, now it's just, like, you have, like, something in the middle of the season that you'll get guys, like, guys will get amped for. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's cool. I'm super ready to change the discourse calendar for sure because uh, it's gotten so predictable. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's yeah. like we have Mello in August and Dwight Howard in <laughs> August. And then we have, uh, you know, God knows what, in with Kyrie and Boston and Jimmy Butler and all this stuff, you know, talking about the dramas. And it's just like, man, like, let's talk about some hoops, like, in the middle of the season instead of, like, because once December 15th hits, all we're going to talk about is the trade deadline. Yeah. It's a, it's it'll be like, a, yeah. We're never going to stop talking. Yeah. It'll be a nice way to sort of interrupt the trade, the, the transaction industrial complex, which is good and uh, I think overdue. And, and the other thing too is like, look, no one is saying that winning this tournament is going to matter the same, like as much as winning a title. Like no one's being that like like naive about it. No one's going to value a, a tournament win over the championship ever. 
But if you're telling me that like a Wolves fan, after all of, of what the Wolves have been through for the last 15 years, isn't going to get stoked and then buy championship gear if they win the the, the midseason yeah. like Sprite Classic, like they're going like they're going to be jacked up for that. That's something for teams. And what's been the biggest sort of criticism of the league in the Super Team era? And I know it's not so much the case this year, but for the last decade, it's been. There's, it's, there's too much predictability. Only, like, three teams have a chance of winning, and that ruins it for all the other fan bases. Well, guess what? Now here's the thing for those fan bases to root for. And, like, in to bring this to, like, a Raptors angle, if you were to tell me before the Raptors won the title, like, hey, they have a chance to go and win this thing and add another banner to their collection of Atlantic Division banners, and they have this thing that you're going to care about in January, like, hell yeah. Like, I'm all for that. And... Like I feel like teams, fans of teams that are so far away from titles would, would be able to get up for this pretty easily. And then in terms of like the stakes, you can easily manufacture stakes for it. You could easily, like I said, you know, put financial incentives into it where the team, you know, maybe gets like an extra salary cap exception or something like that, or maybe the players all get extra money out of it. Obviously, that'll be a thing that they have to do. And then there's other stuff you could do as well. Like you could chain, you could like whatever team wins the tournament gets an allotment of lottery balls or something like that. Like they automatically get 5% of the lottery balls, whether it's a lottery team or not that wins it. And that is incentive for both bad and good teams. Like the bad teams can increase their chances. The good teams can give, can give, them the, give themselves a shot of getting lucky and maybe getting like a high pick or something like that. That's cool to me. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other ideas of ways that like you could juice up to make this more of something that people would care about? I just want to. I just want to do something real quick. Yeah. I want to have a little experiment time yeah. for us. I want to just talk about what this tournament would look like if it happened today. Yeah. So we're going to take all the division winners and then the two best teams with the two other best division records yeah. of those teams. So we would have Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Denver, Lakers, Houston, Clippers, Jazz. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound fun? It does sound like, fun. <laughs> The West is getting re- the West is getting rewarded for being better. They have more teams in there, but like you get Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, like you know, it's cool to me. Like I, I think it's great. Like it would just be fun. Like you'd have Boston, Utah, first round knockout game. Like Milwaukee Clippers uh, in an actual game where Kawhi's not going to get load managed and like, or maybe he is, and maybe they don't care. And it's like I don't know, but it brings intrigue. It like. You have Denver, Lakers, 4-5, like, ugh, Miami, Houston. Like, you could have so many good matchups that you, like, that matter, that are, like, almost like a mini finals. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I also think, you know, there could be ways to sort of juice it up so the lower teams do have a shot of making the knockout round. And I guess that's what, like, the sort of in-division group stage is for, right? And so you could see the Suns perhaps picking up a win against the Clippers like they did earlier this, this year, and then that becomes a big thing when it comes to the group stage Actually, I standings, I, right? I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake. Da- Dallas should be in over Utah. Yeah. Because they are 3-0 three, three in division. Yeah. Uh, I made a mistake. So I mean, I'm putting the Clippers in because they're better than Utah. 
<laughs> Watch, you gotta re- respect the jazz, dude. You have to respect the jazz. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. We're not respecting the jazz on this, but uh, yeah, dude. Okay, so now let's Boston Dallas first round. Like, yeah. How, how rad would that? That be? owns. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. like that would be awesome in January. Like, man, like I'm gonna go to the bar and go watch that game. Like, that's mm-hmm. like a game that I would like want to watch. Mm-hmm. And. Do you do you ever enjoy? Do you ever catch yourself? I mean, I sometimes will watch because like it's on, but like I'll watch some of the knockout stages of summer league sometimes. Like, yeah, and it's entertaining because these guys are trying and they're competing. And it's like, what if we just took that same concept and added like ten times the talent? Yeah, everyone and agrees. Just, it, everyone agrees that March Madness is like the best tournament setup there possibly could be. As evil as the NCAA is, they figured out how to make a tournament interesting. Do that with NBA players. Like, they'll care, I'm telling you, if you put enough importance into it. I know, like, the comparison to the English soccer leagues or the European soccer leagues doesn't make a ton of sense because of all the tradition and history built into those tournaments. And still, those tournaments matter less to the teams than actually winning the league table. But... Like, you can build that up. You can build the luster around it. And I think within a couple years, people will actually care about it. And then it's just, like, extra fodder as well when we are talking about this shit, right? Like, when we're trying to assess a player's Hall of Fame case. Like, right now, for example, Kyle Lowry is sort of a a fringe Hall of Fame case that people are Mm -hmm. talking about right Mm -hmm. now. What if you threw in a couple extra, like, NBA League Cup championships to his resume? Like, hey, like, that makes it more interesting. Steve Nash. Like, if I know he's he's in the Hall of Fame already, but, like... How much more compelling would his career have been if he had a couple of those uh, in-season tournament? And, like, the Suns could have been, like, the tournament kings for a little while there. Like, it, it, could, it adds a whole other yeah. layer to it. And then, from the other side of it, we can start calling different players, like, tournament-ass players and not playoff players. We can replace the 82 games and 16 games thing with, oh, Chris Middleton, great in tournaments, can't get shit done in the playoffs. And then we use that as a way to slag him. Like, it's there's so much yeah. just sort of juicy stuff you can get out of it as well. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very excited about this, man. I, I think that, they, like, there's probably going to be some hurdles to, to getting it done. And um, a, a, after you just laid out sort of the teams that would be in the tournament, the knockout tournament, that does kind of spoil my whole these bad teams can also get in there. Um, and maybe they need to find a way to massage that a little bit to change up, you know, the, the yeah, likelihood I mean, of them making this it. Is but just like, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is just like a, I'm just doing division records. Obviously, yeah. like, this is just like it's a loose definition because they would have more structure into who plays who and all that stuff because they would all at least play each other like once or twice probably before getting to that knockout stage yeah so i was just giving a loose outline but yeah like but in theory you know like a team like i'm trying to look at this division standing someone like 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 phoenix like they have a above 500 division record and you know they are fighting and you know they would be in the mix in theory for getting into this tournament with the Lakers and the Clippers if they all play, like, one more round of games. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's to your point where we could have the Devin Booker moment in January. Yeah. I also, I mean, they could also do, like, my sort of original idea for it was to have 30 teams and then bring over, like, two European teams and just have a straight 32-team knockout, which would limit the Mm -hmm. number of total games, I think. Like, if you took it back to 78 games in the regular season, I think the max anyone would play would be five games. And then maybe you could sort of, 
you know, justify it there because only a couple of teams will end up playing 83 and all the rest will just play 82 like they normally would. Um, and that, But that takes uh-huh. away sort of the, the long-standing sort of group stage of it and adding the intrigue to the regular season games. So there's something there to... I don't think this will be the final sort of vision for the tournament. There's things to work out, but um, basically, do it is my uh, yeah, is my yeah. stance on it. Do it, try, do it, try it, figure it out. Like, there's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be some ironing out of details that is gonna have to happen. And like, when it happens, like, there's gonna be things that we're gonna discover. Mm-hmm. You know, the the first or second go round about what we should change about it so it's like it's not like it's gonna like yeah it's not gonna arrive on the day that they propose it like i said they said in the article that the hope is they will have it for the 2021 22 season yeah uh if they're gonna do a change so that would be i mean that'd be pretty soon but so like that's i think another reason why they logistically i think it would be really hard for them to do like the 32 Mm -hmm. or 30 team tournament or whatever um and, and i like you know another complaint that i get from casual the, the people that like the NBA but don't really check in until, you know, April, mm-hmm. you know, is that the regular season doesn't matter. Like, like, like that, that is the, that is, I think, a big, big thing for your, your run-of-the-mill sports fan. And uh, I, I, I just really think that this has the opportunity to bring a little bit of interest beyond the Christmas games um, in the regular season, because I I do think you know on the sports calendar a lot of people just kind of like tune out until the playoffs, and yeah. and I think uh, it would also shatter some of that. These guys don't play hard until you know the playoffs. You know it, it would be it would be an opportunity for guys to really like get after it, and I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, I just like juicing up two of the six months on the schedule seems like a pretty good idea to me. Uh, one other thing too is just like imagine title teams actually getting into it and then using sort of the league double as a way to sort of cement their t- like their place in history right like imagine yeah, be badass. yeah, yeah exactly. like the warriors you could, like, try to, yeah. yeah you could compare like in season like you could compare seasons and use that tournament win as like a way to say oh no this title team is better than that title team uh and then all the 90s players would be like well i would have won a title uh, a double two if they had it when i was in there this is gross uh <laughs> like it would yeah. just enhance all of the discourse in a very good and basketball friendly way as opposed to just like constantly talking you know, about we, trades and load management and things that don't matter people didn't want the three-point line you know like, <laughs> like it's it's time it's time to change some shit you know, like I'm also down to get rid of the corner three. Like, let's get real weird. Like, like I'm I'm down to get rid of the corner three. I'm down to do some turny stuff. Like, I'm I, I'm in. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm totally I'm totally here for some of these changes. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Uh, we have gone through all of the pros and only like one or two of the cons, but that's the thing is there are only a couple of cons that people seem to be focusing on. People need to activate their creative gonna, sides of their brains yeah, and get in on this. Yeah, man. you're gonna get a lot of the cons. There's a lot of closed-minded folks out there that don't like this stuff. Mm-hmm. So just you know, listen to us. Listen, come to the come to the the light. See the light with with Sean and I. Yeah, uh, Eric, man, thank you for jumping on the show. Where can people check out your work? You can check me out at LeBronWire.usatoday.com, where I run that blog where we cover LeBron James and the Lakers, of course. Um, and then also I, um, often writing for the Associated Press. So you might find me, um, in your local sports page, maybe if your team is playing, um, 
and there's a story about there. So sometimes it's, sometimes I'm in there. Uh, I was actually some of you may have read my story from the Raptors game when they were here in Portland. So um, I was there for that one. That was a Pascal Siakam was badass. Like, that, was, <laughs> that was that was like one of the badass performances I've seen this year. Like Dame had 60 and like Siakam was like very impressive. Like I was like right there. Like it was so good. That's future. So, I mean, you see it all the time, but. At, that's future uh, Rio Mare Tuna NBA Cup champion Pascal Siakam you're talking about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. When Toronto tries to go for the double, then everyone's going to be backing off the Kyle Lowry isn't a Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, all right, man. This was fun. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in on a Saturday uh, to this emergency episode, I guess is what we're calling it, of Locked on Raptors with no Raptors talk whatsoever. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Follow Eric and all of his great work. And uh, please, uh, yeah, continue to support all the stuff that all the guests on the show are doing you can there's newsletters and everything that you can find from all of our recent guests and uh yeah that'll do it thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you on monday with another episode of locked on raptors Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.